Welcome to a very special episode of Our Hen House, which is also an annual tradition here on the podcast. I'm Jasmine Singer. And I'm Marianne Sullivan. And we're so happy that you're joining us today because this is one of my favorite episodes of the year. We are going to air Sanctuary, a radio play recorded live in New York City and written by the wonderful John Yunker. And we are the cast. The Our Hen House team made up the cast and crew, and we had so much fun. I love this. Yeah, you were you were in heaven doing this. I don't know whether all of you are familiar with John Yunker. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, you surely are. But just in case you're not, he is a writer of plays, short stories, and novels focused on human-animal relationships. He's really focused on our relationship with languages, countries, and cultures. He's a fascinating guy and so talented. He's the author of the novels The Tourist Trail and the sequel Where Oceans Hide Their Dead. And he's also the editor of the anthologies Writing for Animals and Among Animals 1 and 2, along with his partner, Midge Raymond. John co-founded Ashland Creek Press, a publisher devoted to environmental and animal rights literature. And I should mention that Midge is an author in her own right. And really, the two of them are two of the most talented people in this movement. So true. And they're also longtime supporters of our hen house. We had the honor of working with them earlier this year, if you remember, when we performed another radio play that John wrote called Veganish, which was also so much fun. John brings me my fun in life, basically. And if you want to listen to Veganish, since you're going to be so, so moved by Sanctuary, we did feature it on episode 594, which aired on May 29th. If you missed it, go back and check that out when you're done listening to Sanctuary. So we're really excited to once again share with you Sanctuary on this holiday. And whether or not you observe Thanksgiving, we think you'll really enjoy it because it, it kind of serves as a commentary, not only about human dynamics, but also about our relationship with animals and actually a whole lot more. We actually had on the Flock Friday last week, a few weeks ago, I should say, we had a little bit of a discussion about Thanksgiving. And I found it really interesting that in this group of like, 20 flock members, actually maybe 25 flock members. So like all vegans, there were so many different perspectives on Thanksgiving. A lot of people were celebrating it or commemorating it by sort of having the vegan version of the traditional Thanksgiving. And then of course, there were also a lot of people who were like, absolutely not. This is a day of, of mourning. And, and I, I appreciated the way that we had the discussion. I, I found it thoughtful. I myself have gone through many different phases of like boycotting Thanksgiving and then being like, well, if they're going to do it, I'm going to do it vegan, all of the above. Yeah, no, I kind of switch every year. <laughs> depends on the circumstances, I guess. I don't know. I don't have a firm, a firm grasp on what's the way to approach this holiday. But let's face it, there's no really good way to approach anything that is related to history because human history is complicated and fraught and often dark. And we have seen so much of that this year. And Thanksgiving is just, is just one more piece of fraught, dark, joyful, complicated history. Totally. But regardless of whether or not you are all in for a vegan Thanksgiving with all of the vegan versions of every traditional thing that goes on the table or you're boycotting it, I think you will love Sanctuary, which is a dark comedy. And it tells the story of Richard and Lisa, a happily married couple whose blissful retirement to small town Oregon is thrown into disarray when Lisa suddenly decides to go vegan and insists on celebrating Thanksgiving without a turkey 
And alongside her new friend, I'm putting that in quotes, and animal activist Meg, husband Richard invites his unsuspecting buddy, Charlie, who also happens to be the local exterminator. You could see how that goes in the hopes of forcing Lisa to stick with the traditional meal and the resulting tensions soon push relationships over the edge. Sanctuary really tells the story behind the struggles and the joys of navigating vegan ethics around loved ones who don't quite understand. So I mentioned that we make up the cast and crew. And I want to point out that John, who was in it, was our our director of operations previously before Jen joined us. And then John went and became a social worker. Little known fact, little known trivia for when you're on Jeopardy and our hen house is a category. (laughs) And and I also want to point out that Michael Heron is our composer. So he does our music that you hear all the time. He's also acting in it. The sound effects and also the narration were provided by Emmy winner Eric Milano, multiple Emmy winner now. <laughs> he's been with our, our hen house in some capacity for many years now. And he's just so talented and wonderful. And the sound effects were live. So he was like, you know, he got like high heels out for when the, we needed sounds of, of, feet walking. It was really cool to be doing this in person. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Without further ado, we present you Sanctuary, a radio play recorded live in New York City. Sanctuary, a radio play. Cast list, Richard, played by John Frusciante, late 40s, married to Lisa, a retired recovering computer geek. Lisa, played by Marianne Sullivan, late 40s, married to Richard, a congenital multitasker. Lisa and Richard have been married long enough to finish each other's sentences, but not long enough to appreciate the assistance. Hmm. (laughs) Meg, played by Jasmine Singer, 30s animal rights activist. With her tattooed arms and chest, she dresses to display as many as legally possible. Charlie, played by Michael Heron. 50s, he's the critter guy. Scene one. We're in the dining room of a craftsman home in small rural Oregon town. The time is just before Thanksgiving. Richard is opening a bottle of wine as his wife, Lisa, stands by the candlelit table, staring anxiously at the ceiling. I've been waiting all week for this. Did you hear that? That is the sound of a 2012 Applegate Valley Viognier. No, upstairs. It sounds like crying. I didn't hear anything. Lisa, please sit down. Dinner's ready. It's Theo. He's upset. Well, maybe he just needs to cry a bit. Come on, it's time you relax. No, I can't. Not while he's suffering. Why do you automatically assume he's suffering? You think he wants to be alone up there? He can't stand to be apart from us. But you were just up there. I know, I know. If you go back up, you'll be rewarding that behavior. He'll cry even more. And I'm supposed to ignore him? Like you? Yes. What if he hurt himself? He didn't. Trust me. He just wants attention. Now, Lisa, for the love of God, let's eat. I've made chicken piccata, which at one point was warm. And for me? You can easily pick off the chicken. Oh, Jesus, Richard. Is it so awful if the nasty meat touches your pasta? I specifically asked you to prepare my plate separately. If you were down here helping instead of obsessing over Theo, maybe I wouldn't have screwed it up. 
I have made a real effort to cut back on meat, and I wish for once you'd support me. Just because your diet is wacko doesn't mean I don't support you. I'm going upstairs. Wait, I'm sorry. I was kidding. Here, have some wine. Promise me you'll spend time with him tomorrow. I always do. A few minutes a day. No, I need more than a few minutes. I've got that volunteer thing at the animal sanctuary. For the speeding ticket? I believe that's called community service. I I was hardly speeding. We're not in Seattle anymore, and you don't have a job to get to on time. Oh, he's crying again. He wants to see us, to know we haven't abandoned him. He doesn't understand. He hates me. He doesn't hate you. I'm a horrible parent. Lisa, you're not. You're a wonderful parent. Do you mean that? Yes, with all my heart. But I want you to understand something, okay? What? Theo is a cat. (laughs) That does not mean he's not miserable up there. I agree, but we're following doctor's orders. We spent three grand on getting that back leg repaired, and the only way it's going to heal is if he stays locked up in a place where he can't jump onto furniture, counters, beds, and our walk-in shower is a heck of a lot more spacious than that metal cage they told us to use. It's still cold in there. It's lined with my comforter, your Calvin Klein plush throw, a half dozen pillows. Hell, I could sleep in there. Is that a promise? (laughs) I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Where's my glass? Okay, I want to make a toast to Theo. What's wrong? Did you hear that? Theo? No, I think it's coming from the attic. Scratching sound. I hope we don't have squirrels messing around up there. (gasps) I hope Barnaby's not cold. Barnaby? A squirrel. He's a regular on the upstairs deck. You named a squirrel. I also sketched him a few times. Oh, really? He posed? Don't be silly. He likes hanging out on the upstairs deck. I think he uses it to get to the bird feeder. Before Theo got hurt, he and Barnaby used to have staring contests through the window. How can you name a squirrel? They all look alike. Oh, I know Barnaby. His tail is short and fat, like he lost part of it. You had better not hurt him. I won't. I'll have someone else hurt him. Richard, I'm serious. We can't have an animal living in our attic. We have him living in the bathroom. That's different. Squirrels chew through wires. They could start a fire. We just bought this house, for Christ's sake. I don't care. This is Ashland, Oregon. We live next to a national forest. And you act as if animals are supposed to know they're not allowed anywhere near our house. What if it's a family of rats? Rats? Yes, rats. We could have rats in our attic. Will you be naming them, too? (laughs) Where were we? Oh, yes, to Theo. To Theo. Scene two, the following morning. Outside the front door of Lisa and Richard's home is a brick courtyard that leads to a separate guest studio. A heavyset man in his 50s enters the courtyard with his eyes to the ground. He pushes the doorbell of the main house and returns to his inspection. Richard opens the door. You must be Charlie. You must be the man who called me in a panic last night. (laughs) That's me. I'm Richard. Thanks for coming over so quickly. That bird feeder around back, that yours? It came with the house. Bad idea. Attracts all kinds of creatures. Like birds? Like rats, raccoons, skunks. Uh, That guest unit. Anyone living in there? I hope not. It's my wife's art studio. Do you want to look at the attic? Not yet. I conduct a comprehensive analysis of the perimeter before going inside. Identify all points of entry. It's probably a rat you're dealing with. Neighborhoods full of them. You new in town? Moved down from Seattle a few months ago. Kids? Nope. Good. You're child-free, too? What? No. Kids spill food. Attract rats. Oh. Ashland is a funny little town. Too many people here feed the animals. Deer, foxes, bears. Conditions them to come around looking for handouts. The people or the animals? Both. I can take a look at that attic now. 
Before we do that, my wife wanted me to ask you if you use cruelty-free methods. Oh, of course. Some exterminators use poison, not me. So you use cages? Cages? I use traps. Snaps the neck instantly. They don't feel a thing. Oh, we were hoping you could remove the creature without killing it? Richard, this ain't nature planet. I can't camp out in your attic waiting for a rat to wander on up. Rats don't return to the nest every night, sometimes not for weeks. You want cruelty-free? You don't want an exterminator. You want a zookeeper. Now, show me that attic. As Richard and Charlie go inside, Lisa enters the courtyard with Meg, a woman in her 30s and heavily tattooed. Welcome to my humble studio. Lisa opens the front door and they step inside. You sure I can stay here? Of course. I'm not using it. What with our injured cat demanding all my attention, I should probably move my art supplies out of the way. Meg holds up a charcoal illustration of a squirrel. Did you draw this? It's beautiful. You think? You've really captured his personality. His name is Barnaby. You might see him around. Uh, I've always had a weak spot for the so-called roadkill animals. A few years ago, me and my friends did this protest down in L.A. to draw attention to the carnage. We laid naked along the highway in various poses. Completely naked? Activism isn't just about holding up signs. It's about letting go of inhibitions, using your body, your sexuality to open eyes and minds. Why do you think I have the word vegan tattooed across my chest? It's the best billboard I have. Why not make the most of it? If only I had a billboard like yours. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the size that matters. It's the location. You have very nice legs. You think? I do. You could have put a tattoo right there on your calf. And what would it say? Vegan, of course. How long have you been? How long? Oh, gosh, it's hard to pick an exact date. Most people remember the day, sometimes down to the hour. Uh, I've never been good with time. My husband can vouch for that. Is he vegan? Hardly. He keeps saying I'm going through a phase. I think he's in denial. Denial is stage one. What's stage two? Anger, but you'll get used to it. If you're not pissing people off, you're not doing things right. Make. Speaking of pissing people off, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Hmm. Trying to pretend that 46 million turkeys haven't just died? In other words, drinking? Why don't you come over and drink with us? I'll cook up a plant-based feast. You can meet Theo. Your husband? No, Theo's our cat. But you can meet Richard, too. Will he be eating turkey? Nope. He just doesn't know it yet. Scene three. Later that same day, Richard enters the courtyard after a run, drenched in sweat. He begins his cool-down ritual when he hears a noise coming from inside the guest studio. Lisa? You in there? You left the door open. Richard cautiously walks up the steps. He pokes his head inside the front door. Lisa? Why are you showering in here? You want some company? The shower turns off, the curtain is yanked aside, and standing in the nude is Meg. You must be Richard. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I, I thought you were Lisa. Do I look like Lisa? No, no, no. I, you, the, the front door was open. I know. And now the shower curtain is open. <laughs> With you standing there, staring. I, I didn't mean to. You didn't? No, I mean, I, I didn't mean to barge in. I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was out there. I saw the door open. I heard the water. I, I thought a pipe had burst. I think it maybe did. <laughs> this is my house, right? Richard, I'm Meg... 
Your wife said I could stay here. Lisa? Is there another? No, I just... How do you two know each other? Oh, we met at Wildwood's Animal Sanctuary, where I work. I should probably get dressed. Me too. Mm. I mean, undre- undressed, I mean, I, I need a shower. <laughs> a cold shower. Richard exits the studio, composes himself, then enters his home to find Lisa is in the kitchen. Well, that was a long run. I just met our neighbor. Now, before you fly off the handle, I was it's going fine, to It's fine. It's fine. She can stay. We're talking about the same person, right, Meg? The girl with the tattoos on her... Yes, Meg. How far did you run exactly? Maybe we should invite her over for Thanksgiving. I already did. Why are you suddenly acting social? Just being neighborly. We can't eat a whole turkey ourselves. Meg doesn't eat turkey. She's vegan. Oh, so that's what was written on her... Wait. Vegan is worse than vegetarian, right? No. <laughs> Better. No eggs, dairy, leather, honey. Well, I'm glad you're not that extreme. Well, since meeting Meg, I am. You can't become a vegan just like that. Well, why not? It's not as if I need a license. I was headed in that direction anyway. It's another small step in my journey towards a more compassionate life. That's more than a small step, Lisa. That's like leaping across the Grand Canyon. You could take this opportunity to join me. Oh, I don't think so. That is one leap too far. Wait a second. You're really serious about this. No turkey? That's right. Thanksgiving is supposed to be a day of giving thanks, not a day of giving up everything to be thankful for. Oh, don't be so dramatic. It'll be fun. Instead of eating a turkey, we'll adopt a turkey with a donation to Wildwoods. Meg works there, you know. I was also thinking you and I could start volunteering a few days a week. Are you feeling okay? You don't look so well. Maybe I did run too far. (laughs) Scene four. A few days later, Meg and Lisa, dressed in in work clothes, are making their way across the verdant pasture of Wildwood's Animal Sanctuary. They stop and watch over the resident cows. How's Abigail doing? She's taken to caring for Buddy, the calf we adopted six months ago. And I think Buddy likes having someone look after him. It's so peaceful. You know, my parents used to take me to the zoo every summer. I hated going because the animals never looked happy. They never had enough room. They were always pacing. But here, they have nothing but room, and, and nobody paces. <sighs> the horses may have spent their whole lives carrying humans on their back, the cows having milk stolen from their bodies, the pigs giving birth on demand. But here, they can relax, you know, simply be themselves the way they were meant to be. And you can see it in the way they walk and how deeply they sleep. For the first time, they begin to play with one another. I could learn something from them. How so? I've been semi-retired now for three months, and I feel more stressed than when I had a full-time job in Seattle. I was raised by a pair of type A's. Maybe that's the problem. If I'm not multitasking, I feel like I'm wasting time. I can't even listen to music on the radio anymore. It has to be NPR. Now now that all my old college friends are connected on these social networks, we're still competing, showing off our babies, cars, second homes, like report cards for all to see. I wanted out. I thought coming down here would help, but, but you can't escape the Internet. It's not about escaping. Your problem is that you're still performing for others. It's like you got a bit in your mouth and spurs at your side and you're being pushed along at full gallop. So how do I stop? Easy. You throw off the rider. We'll test out that theory tomorrow when, according to Richard, I will ruin Thanksgiving as he knows it. 
Richard should be grateful that you haven't left him already. I think he has a crush on you. He's not my type. Not into men? I'm into men. And women. Just not carnivores. Scene five. It's morning and Lisa is seated at the dining room table with a cup of coffee looking at her laptop. Her eyes welling up as Richard enters. <gasps> oh my... Lisa, what's wrong? What's wrong? Meg emailed me this undercover video from a turkey farm in Missouri. Not another one. It's it's not another one. The last one was a chicken farm. I'll send you the link. No, please. I don't like to watch those videos. You, of all people, should be watching. You have no idea. I have a pretty good idea, but can I help it if I crave turkey for Thanksgiving? Oh, too bad. You're outnumbered. Uh, What if I had a friend over who wanted turkey? For that to happen, you would first need a friend. What I need is my protein. You can just... Get just as much protein from beans and tofu, and with none of the artery-clogging cholesterol. Why is it that every conversation between us gets interrupted by a public service announcement? Hey, where's the milk? I don't drink milk anymore. But I do. Well, then you can go buy some. I'm supposed to get my own groceries now? Meg made a very good point the other day. She said that if women stopped serving meat for dinner, most men would become vegetarians overnight. But most women are too worried about disappointing their husbands to take a stand. Oh, well, you've cleared that hurdle without a hitch. I I know this is challenging. It's going to take some getting used to. For you or for me? For us, Richard. For us. But I'm not vegan. You woke Theo. I have ears. It doesn't bother you? Of course it bothers me. I'd be howling too if I was stuck in a bathroom. But we've only got a few weeks left until he's a free cat and our lives can get back to normal. I don't know if there is any going back. What do you mean? I mean, what's normal anymore? I see these videos and I just can't unsee them. I can't tune everything out like you do. It's as if when Theo snapped that ligament, a part of me snapped right along with him to know how he suffered and to think of all of the animal suffering all around us. I don't know if I can go back to normal or if I even want to go back to normal. All this over a 12-pound creature? You realize that if Theo were a child, he'd be in junior high now and at least we'd have something to show for all our efforts besides a pillow-lined master bath. So you're saying you want children now? No, it's just that we didn't have kids so we could be free. Weekends free of birthday parties and soccer matches. Free for you to paint. Free for me to write the great American novel. Free to travel the world on a whim. I felt like we were in on some secret that nobody else had figured out. But the truth is, we simply replaced one child with another. One that will never, ever leave home. Where are you going? To check on our child. Why don't you join me? I'm going to get back to my novel. I haven't written a word in weeks. Theo might inspire you, help you break through this writer's block. I don't believe in writer's block. And I don't believe things are going back to normal. Scene six. It's Thanksgiving afternoon and Lisa's in the kitchen, her hair and clothing covered in bits of cashew. Pots and pans and open packages are scattered about as she does battle with a blender. What's going on in here? Did something explode? Cashews. 
<laughs> Cashews can explode? Well, there's another reason not to go vegan. No, I, I'm trying to make this cashew cheese and this ble- I should have practiced this recipe earlier. Wait, so why are you doing this to yourself? You realize I have real cheese in the fridge. That is just not the point. But look at you. You're running around like a mad woman. If you had simply cooked our normal meal, you'd be sitting on the couch drinking wine right now. This is our normal meal. Oh, please tell me that isn't Meg. I'll get it. Richard opens the front door. Charlie is standing there with a bottle of wine. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, come on in, Charlie. Lisa, Charlie's here. Charlie, I didn't know you were working today. Uh, Working? Charlie, I believe I heard a trap go off last night in the attic. I'll go have a look. Why do I get the feeling this is a social call? I may have invited him. You invited the critter guy to our Thanksgiving? You said I needed to start making friends. His wife died a few years ago. Kids live across the country. Well, I just hope he's not expecting turkey. Well, that's just it. Charlie is very old school about Thanksgiving. I see what you're doing, and it's not going to work. You said if I had a guest who wanted turkey that we could serve it. That was before I promised Meg a vegan meal. This would only insult her. Oh, so it's okay to insult Charlie instead? Richard, why are you doing this to me? I am losing my mind as it is, trying to make this lentil casserole, braised mushroom stew, gnocchi with tomatoes and eggplant, and if I haven't suffered a nervous breakdown by then, a white bean, butternut, and kale... Oh, shit! Lisa begins frantically searching through the cupboards. What's wrong? I forgot something. Damn it. What? Vegetable broth. They come in these little cubes. Oh, we have cubes. Those are chicken cubes. Meg won't know. Of course she'll know. Can you run out and pick up some? Oh, God, that's Meg. Should I let her in? No. I mean, I don't want her to see this, this mess. My hair and clothes and Charlie. Can you help keep her busy while I run to the store? Take her up to see Theo. Me? Hello, it's the vegan who came to dinner. Richard, please. (laughs) Charlie stays? Fine, whatever. But Meg can't find out what he does for a living. I don't want anyone getting hurt. Meg will be fine. I'm talking about Charlie. Richard goes to the door and opens it. Meg is standing there. I know, I'm early. I was hoping you had some nutritional yeast I could borrow. Uh, um, nutritional yeast? Isn't that a question for Lisa? Why? Because she's a vegan? Uh, because she's a woman? (laughs) You have no idea what nutritional yeast is, do you? Lisa joins them, her hair and clothing now free of cashews. Hi, Meg. Happy Thanksgiving. I asked your husband for some nooch, and now he thinks I have some sort of a yeast infection. (sighs) I'm afraid we just ran out. We did? Uh, I'm addicted to that shit. I was going to add it to the snack mix I brought over. Oh, how nice of you. I thought I could... Help with cooking? Did you bring your hazmat outfit? False alarm. Uh, Who's this? This is Charlie. Charlie Meg. Hi there. Have I seen you before? Uh, You might have seen my truck. I'm the... Charlie has been helping us clean out the attic. Richard, why don't you talk to Charlie about this evening's menu while I take Meg up to see Theo? Charlie, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. There's no turkey. No turkey? Lisa turned vegan last week, which, by the way, is worse than vegetarian. I had hoped it would wear off by now. Uh, What if I were to secure us a turkey? It's too late, don't you think? It could take until midnight to defrost. You leave that to me. Hmm. Where's Meg? She's got Theo on her lap. 
He should keep her occupied while I run out. Where's Charlie? He stepped out. Thank God. Was he upset? Actually, he took the news quite well. Scene seven. Later that evening, and Richard is seated at his typewriter when Meg enters. Where is everybody? Out running errands. <laughs> That's a typewriter. How observant of you. Now it all makes sense. The typewriter is the perfect device for someone stuck in the past. I'll have you know that some of the world's greatest writers still use typewriters. I just think it's telling that you don't have a problem surviving without spell check, yet you can't go a day without meat. Humans don't need spell check to survive. You can talk all you want about tofu, but if we were cavemen, we'd be back killing animals by hand. Ah, yes, the paleo argument. Humans have adapted to wearing clothing. You using electricity, driving cars, talking on cell phones. And yet when it comes to dinner, we are completely incapable of evolution. It's in our DNA. Apes live almost entirely on plants. How do you explain that one, Professor? I don't want to argue with you. I've had my fill with Lisa today. I wouldn't kill you, you know, to support your wife every once in a while. You don't know my wife. If I hold strong, this diet will pass like all the other diets that came before. Mm, this isn't a diet, Richard. Charlie bursts in the front door, a big smile on his face, holding up a freshly killed wild turkey. Dinner is served. Motherfucker! Any abute? Nine pounds. No need to defrost this feller. Richard, was this your idea? No, I, I thought he was running to the store, not the woods. I can't, I can't, I can't believe you. The both of you. How are you going to explain this one to Lisa? Uh, I'll tell her that Charlie was just doing his job, catching critters. <gasps> I know you. You are that exterminator I see all over town. Sounds like we just caught ourselves a rat. And there you have your appetizer. Meg, where are you going? To get drunk. Meg barges out the front door, followed by the sounds of a car's wheels screeching to a stop. Charlie runs outside, followed by Richard. What happened? Looks like your wife ran over something with her car. Oh, my God. Don't worry, Richard. She's fine. Meg's got her. Lisa enters the courtyard, carrying a dead squirrel in her arms. Lisa! Lisa, are you okay? She's in shock, Richard. Th that isn't... Oh, no. Oh, the short tail. Place Barnaby on the porch, honey, okay? We'll give him a proper burial later. Lisa rests Barnaby on the porch, and they stand around the tiny body in a moment of silence. You know, I could skin that squirrel depending on how hungry you all are. The turkey is enough, Charlie. Lisa, I can explain everything. Lisa, Lisa... Lisa enters the house and Richard stays where he is. Richard, go in after her. No, leave her a moment. She'll go upstairs to the cat. Seeing Theo will calm her. Theo and a Xanax, maybe. I'm going to go get started on that bird. Richard, you got a carving knife? Top drawer in the kitchen. Charlie enters the house, leaving Richard and Meg in the courtyard. You know, Lisa's been on edge ever since you invited that critter guy over. The only reason she's on edge is because she's been busting her ass to cook you the perfect meal. Would it have killed you to eat chicken stock? That's where she was going? She didn't have any vegetarian cubes, and she didn't want to offend her precious house guest. So in an effort to save one animal's life, she ends up taking another. I'm going to check on her. No, Meg, wait. Meg enters the house, leaving Richard all alone. Charlie pokes his head outside. I can't find that knife, Richard. Richard! Call 911! Dr. Davis, telephone, please. Dr. Davis, telephone, please. Scene 8. In a hospital room, Lisa is lying in bed, her wrists bandaged. 
Meg enters. How you feeling? Embarrassed, mostly. <laughs> I'll take embarrassed over comatose any day. You know, you're supposed to cut along the veins, not against them. I wasn't trying to bleed out. You did a pretty good job of fooling me. I, I was just so, so angry. I know. You had a hell of a day. But these squirrels, sometimes you just can't avoid them. Uh, I was going too fast. I always go too fast. In Seattle, there was this squirrel that used to come around our apartment balcony. I think the previous tenant used to feed him, so I just continued feeding him. I knew I shouldn't have because it kept him coming around our street. Then one rainy morning, I was headed out to work, and I saw him in the middle of Western Avenue, and his little body flushed out of a truck's wheel well, blood dripping out of his mouth. He was still alive, still moving, trying to make it back to the sidewalk. Then another set of wheels and another, and I don't remember running into the street, but apparently I did. I remember our doorman lifting me up from the sidewalk. I was holding this motionless animal in my hands, and you know what the doorman said? He said, it's only a squirrel. I could have strangled that man right then and there. Only, he says. Like Theo is only a cat. I'm only a crazy cat lady. How many lives have been ruined by that word? I'm sorry. Well, that's, that's, that's why we're here, living in this tiny Oregon town, far from the city streets and the highway and the rush hour, and I was going to get it right this time. So what do I do? I drive too fast because I'm crazy out of my mind with my husband resenting me and me trying to do something right for once, cook a compassionate meal, cruelty-free. It's not your fault. Like hell it isn't. You told me to throw that rider off and it said it was easy, right? Yeah. What if I'm the rider and I'm the horse? Then you need to be more compassionate with yourself. I killed Barnaby. I know, darling. And you are going to have to live with that. Just like you're going to have to learn to live with the knowledge that you spent most of your life responsible for the death of thousands of animals. For the record, so do I. You ate animals? Are you kidding? I'm from Texas. My parents had an easier time accepting that I was into girls than they did accepting that I didn't want to eat my Grammy's meatloaf. How do you turn it off, this awful awareness? I find vodka helps. Lisa? He's been loitering out there all night. I can send him home. No, it's okay. You can let him in. Thanks for taking care of me. Now it's time for you to start doing a little of that yourself. Meg exits as Richard enters tentatively. Lisa, how are you doing? I'm fine, fine. When can I get out of here? It might be a while. Someone from Psych needs to see you. Oh. I'm sorry about the squirrel. His name is Barnaby. I'm sorry about Barnaby. But you're not sorry about the turkey. I'm sorry that things have gotten so tense between us. You know, I used to feel that this marriage was my sanctuary. I could be myself around you. You still can. Not without being ridiculed, treated as if I'm crazy. Lisa, you cut your wrists over a squirrel. It wasn't only the squirrel. Our first date, where did we go? You know where. Capitol Grill. I had the steak and you had... Richard, please. What did you order? What did you eat? Veal. 
Are you trying to make me feel worse? No, I'm just saying that some of my best memories are of the meals we shared. The Fenway Franks at Red Sox games. All those nights out at legal seafood. Am I supposed to regret all of that? Just the food. I don't regret any of it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's who I am. It's not who I am. Not anymore. This is all my fault. If Theo hadn't gotten hurt, you wouldn't have gotten obsessed with the with Barnaby. And we wouldn't be here right now. I'm the one who went vegan. And you didn't run over Barnaby. But I hurt Theo. Theo hurt himself playing. No, he wasn't playing. I lied. He was on the stove. I yelled at him to get down, but he wouldn't, just like always. So I flicked water at him, and for some reason he wasn't expecting it because he practically fell off the counter trying to get away. He landed wrong. That's how he hurt his leg, running away from me. I didn't tell you because I didn't want you to be mad at me. You never wanted a cat. But I wanted you. It's not the same thing. We'll figure this out. There's nothing to figure out. There's nothing to compromise. You believe that eating animals is okay, and I don't. And as trivial as that may seem to you, it means everything to me. That's why we need to take a break. Break? I would appreciate, before I get home, that you move into the studio. What about Meg? Let me worry about Meg. It's all the drugs. You're not thinking clearly. I've never been more clear. Fine. I'll move out of the house. That house, by the way, was my sanctuary. Not that you care, but I'll move out because you want me to. You want the house? Take the fucking house. Take the fucking cat. I could use a break myself. Scene nine. The following morning, Richard enters the courtyard and walks straight up to Meg's door. Pack up! You're being evicted! Meg opens the door, not looking the least bit surprised. She kicked you out, didn't she? Is this your idea of activism? Breaking up marriages? You did that all on your own, Richard. Would it have killed you to share one of her meals for once? Or, I don't know, take her to the Red Onion? There's nothing for me to eat at that overpriced salad bar. Have you ever even tried it? That's not the point. Lisa was perfectly happy as a part-time vegetarian, and then you came along with your extremism, and suddenly she's not good enough. She's not doing it for me. Of course she is. She looks up to you. I watch her trying to decipher those cookbooks, crying over all those videos you keep sending her. What kind of life? is that? You make it sound harder than it is. Tell me this then. You eat vegan six days out of the week and on day seven you splurge on a bacon, egg, and cheese. Would you still be vegan? Of course not. Even most religions aren't that strict. You can be Christian and sin on occasion. We don't promise salvation. Oh, sure you do. You promise salvation by way of compassion. I'm not sure what you're trying to prove here, Richard. All I can say is that I would rather be an imperfect vegan than a perfect carnivore. Where are you going? Home. Where did you get a key to our front door? Where do you think? You're moving in with my wife? That's right. Your wife, make that soon-to-be ex-wife, invited me. Goodbye, Richard. Scene 10. A few days later, Meg is at the stove making breakfast when Lisa enters, wearing pajamas. Hey, sleepyhead. I can't believe I slept in. What's, what's all this? I once worked as a sous chef at a vegan joint in New York. You spoil me. That's the idea. About what happened last night. You want an encore performance? I, I, I don't know what came over me. I do. Me. <laughs> I, I've never done this sort of thing before. Do you regret it? No. No, not at all. Do you? <laughs> I'm still here, aren't I? 
Maybe I could come out to the sanctuary with you today, sketch a few of the animals. I was actually thinking I could donate my artwork to help raise funds. That's a great idea. There he goes again. If he's going to keep this up, I swear I'm going to have to file a noise complaint. Oh, it's okay. It's nice to hear him writing again. I can't believe you lived with that noise. Well, I like typewriters too. That one over there in the living room is mine. The Red Olympia? Yeah, Richard gave it to me after I moved in with him. I guess Victoria's Secret was closed? (laughs) No, you don't understand. There were plenty of men who would have given me lingerie or jewelry. I worked in marketing at a software company, and the ratio of males to females there was about 100 to 1. I gorged myself on eligible bachelors. I think that's why I was so drawn to Richard. For months, the only sign I had that he liked me were these goofy typewritten notes he sent via inter-office memo. It was his version of texting me. Judging by that racket he's making next door, I'd say he just discovered sexting. Scene 11. A week later, and Richard is in the courtyard with Charlie. They are attaching a sign to a signpost. I appreciate you helping. When I heard you were living out in the studio, I felt a little bit responsible. Normally, when I remove a pest, the client stays behind. Uh, Where's the tattoo girl? She's living in the main house now. With your wife? Well, like I said, this is a funny little town. Now, hold the sign up straight. A few more taps should do it. Barnaby would be proud. Who? Nothing. Meg emerges from the house. Richard, what have I told you about keeping it down out here? What do you think of the sign? Squirrel crossing. Not bad. Now you just need a skunk crossing sign, a deer crossing sign, maybe a raccoon crossing sign. You'd run out of sign uh, street first. (laughs) It's a nice gesture. Richard, there's hope for you yet. What about me? You kill animals for a living. It's just a job. Would you give it all up to have sex with me once? Tell me where and when. There's hope for you too, Charlie. May goes back inside. Wait! Oh, well, I got places to be. I'm sure I'll see you around. I guarantee it. Your neighbor's got an ant infestation. Charlie exits just as Lisa opens the front door and walks over to Richard. That squirrel looks familiar. I modeled him after your painting of Barnaby. It's nice. Living out here, I had no idea how many squirrels there were in our yard. I can hear them running across the roof. I'm surprised you can hear them over your typing. Sounds like your great American novel is coming along. It's not what I thought I would be writing. Not a sci-fi thriller? It's about an animal rights activist. Who steals your wife? (laughs) Who saves the world. I'd love to read it. I'm sorry I wasn't more supportive. If I were to do it again, I might not have pushed you so hard. We all move at our own pace. Meg emerges from the house carrying a backpack. Meg, you're leaving? Uh, There's a sanctuary in Utah. Needs help. Like, real bad. And Wildwoods is on good footing now. And I go where I'm needed. And wipe that smile off your face, Richard. You're still needed here. Mm, I rescue animals, not people. You did a little bit of both. If he doesn't dedicate his book to you, I will kick his ass. Meg gives Lisa a hug goodbye, and Lisa and Richard watch Meg walk off. You okay? I I will be. It hasn't been easy forgiving myself for killing Barnaby. But 
I realized last night that if I hadn't been driving so fast, I wouldn't have met Meg either. It's time I slowed down, learned to be more patient with you, with the world, with myself. I was thinking that after we give Theo his dinner, maybe you and I could go out to the Red Onion. A vegan restaurant? You sure you'll survive? (laughs) I'm willing to take that chance. By the end of the evening, we might have a new memory that we can both look on fondly. (laughs) At least until you get the check. Oh, look up. In the tree. A squirrel. Yeah. That's Elizabeth. Lisa and Richard enter the house. End of play. Well, that's it for this week's show. If you like the podcast, we're asking for your support as we kick off our end of year fundraising season. We have had a truly epic year and we couldn't have done it without you. We're hoping you'll join us once again to ensure another productive, fabulous year for our hen house. And the best part is that if you contribute between now and December 31st, your donation will be tripled dollar for dollar if we reach our goal of $20,000. That means that with your donation, plus our amazing barnyard benefactors and an added boost from an anonymous donor, we are hoping to raise $60,000 total for end of year. That's our main fundraiser of the year. So it's kind of a big, gigantic deal for us. And we can't do it without you. The only way we'll receive the matching funds is if we successfully reach our goal of raising $20,000 from our loyal supporters and listeners, that's you, by the end of the year. Huge or modest, every donation counts and will help us reach our goal. If you're not already part of the flock, we invite you to join for $10 a month or $100 a year. You'll get some really cool perks, including weekly bonus content, access to our private flock Facebook group, and an invitation to Flock First Friday Zoom meetings, plus the opportunity to have a one-on-one Zoom meeting with me to talk about anything activism related. And if you donate $100 or more, I'm gonna send you a personalized video message to show you my undying love and gratitude. So if you appreciate our hen house and if you appreciate our mission to effectively mainstream the movement to end the exploitation of animals, if you find community and solace in our shows and our resources, And if you believe in the change-making power of indie media, please make a donation before December 31st, and your donation will be tripled if we get to that 20,000. Contributions of any amount are greatly appreciated. To support us today, visit ourhenhouse.org slash donate. Again, that's ourhenhouse.org slash donate. Another great way to support us is to leave us a fabulous review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts or like us on Facebook. You could also leave us a review there or follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Across the board, we are at Our Hen House. If you shop on Amazon, you can use Amazon Smile using Our Hen House as your favorite charity. And of course, tell your friends about us. Tell your enemies about us. If you're one of our listeners who already supports us, thank you so very much. And thank you to my co-host, Marianne Sullivan, and to Jen Riley for her work in producing this podcast. Thanks to composer Michael Heron for the music. Thanks to Podcast Haven for their work editing this podcast. I'm looking at you, Eric Montgomery, and to our production assistant, Jocelyn Martinez. We'd also love to give a shout out to the amazing Veronica Kalinska, who designed our brand new logos and other graphics. 
We're going to be back next week with a brand new show. So don't forget to subscribe in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Jasmine Singer and let's change the world for animals.